Welcome to Western New York Catholic Weekly, a production of the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo. Stay tuned as Greg Prince brings the Catholic newsmakers to you. Wherever it's happening in the diocese, you'll hear about it on Western New York Catholic Weekly. You may remember about a year ago, in fact it was about a year ago actually, we had uh, two guests from Christ the King Seminary join us. Actually, I joined them. I went out uh, uh, with my friend Father John Mack and spoke with two of their adjunct professors, Eric Mabry and Brian Bajek. They have a terrific project coming up out at Christ the King. You know, we talk about on this show, and uh, I think here in the diocese, we always say that, you know, there are great things happening at the seminary. Okay, this program is going to be evidence of that today because there are great things happening at the seminary and we're going to talk about one of those. So let me uh, welcome back Eric Mabry and Brian Bashek to the program. Gentlemen, thank you for coming to my house this time. <laughs> thank you for Thanks having so much us. For having us. Yeah. That's good. I'm nice. They, um, we were talking before the show. Nice, I could bring you out on a good day when it's not freezing cold, and you know, hopefully, you don't have a problem getting back to Toronto with traffic. So that's right. that's, that's your biggest concern. Uh, that's today. right. We haven't had to dig the car out yet. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yes, that's that's perfect. Uh, so uh, there's a conference coming up. Uh, let me read the rather long title, as theology conferences tend to have, so that won't surprise anybody. It is a 2018 Conference for Collaborative Philosophy, Theology, and Ministry. Uh, the subtitle, Expanding a Not Numerous Center. Yes. Uh, which one of you wants to tackle that and explain that I'll for let us? I'll take that. All one. right, good. <laughs> uh, so the phrase not numerous center comes from uh, the Canadian uh, Jesuit philosopher and theologian Bernard Lonergan. Uh, he was a paratist at Vatican II, a very prolific author. Uh, his collected works are just about to reach um, edited completion, and there will be around 25 or 26 volumes of his works wow. over the course of his life. A lot of works. Um, stellar, stellar intellect and a truly brilliant and gifted mind and someone who uh, anticipated so many uh, of the changes that we've seen over the course of the 20th and now in the 21st century. Um, in one of his uh, smaller essays, he talks about the, uh, the hard right and, and a scattered left. Right. And this is 30, 40 years ago. So, it's, I mean, we are experiencing in our own time, politically, economically, religiously, intellectually, you name it, we're seeing in a certain sense, at least in some of our memories, a kind of unprecedented kind of polarization. Well, I was going to say, it doesn't sound that far off. No, it's right? not. I mean, yeah, exactly. Not at all. Um, and so what Lonergan envisioned, though, as a solution to this kind of polarization that we're experiencing now is a phrase that he coined, which you see here. He imagined a not numerous center, right? Um, and his idea there was that precisely because it is a center, right, um, and because ideology is so seductive and so pervasive that what happens is, is what appears to be the majority only, not necessarily because they are the majority, but because oftentimes they're simply the loudest. You have a polarization between left and right. And what he envisioned, envisioned was a strong center of people who were committed to collaboration um, in a way that could bring about an overturned, um, not just polarization, but the polarization that feeds civilization in decline. 
And so if you, as it were, transpose that into a theological uh, context, right? I mean, we are... We're, we always speak about Christ as our center, right? And so what we envisioned was taking Lonergan's notion of a not numerous center, and we envisioned that in a Christolog- Christological and pneumatological way, which is to say that Christ is our center um, within the collaboration of friends that's supposed to be the church. And that centering a nexus of relationships is made possible through the love of the Holy Spirit. So that's why we chose that as the subtitle for this conference, as we envision this conference being a collaborative enterprise that brings together people in philosophy, theology, and ministry into relationships, into friendships that will be supported, fostered, nurtured, generated um, by the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, that was the, I I think, the key word, uh, for me, in looking over the material prior to this, collaborative, okay? Um, One of the other nice things, of course, uh, philosophy, theology, and ministry. Um, Oftentimes, it's not all lumped together. You're giving me a look, Brian. Uh, You want to jump in on that uh, question? Uh, Yeah, the interesting interesting thing that Eric brought up a minute ago is we're we're trying to move beyond – uh, polarizations and sort of false bifurcations, uh, divisions that exist uh, intellectually and ideologically, uh, both in the church and in the world at large. There are a lot of other sort of false dichotomies that people tend to draw where the tendency among many people is to think, oh, well, you're either a minister or you're doing the intellectual stuff. And we're actually called to, in our participation in the church's mission to integrate those things where I, as a faculty member of Christ the King Seminary, am engaged in ministry in intellectual formation, which is ultimately ordered towards the human formation of the guys who are in the seminary and the lay students who are there learning. And the split of philosophy and theology on the one hand and praxis or ministry on the other, it's, it's not actually sustainable. It's, it's not actually reflective of the, the church's tradition. And part of what we're trying to do in this conference is show, oh, the people who are engaged in the best theoretical work recognize that it's applicable to the real world. And frankly, the people who are doing the best pastoral ministry draw from the storehouse of the rich intellectual tradition that the church provides for us. Yeah, let's um, and let's go right to that point, particularly with regard to um, let's use our seminary, Christ the King, as an example. Sure, it used to be the case, I guess, where um, you had numerous priests and religious, and so you could afford a certain. Well, you're pretty good at this, uh, the study and the, the intellectual. And how about you train the other guys since you've got a handle on this? And you're pretty good with people. You know, you you know, we, we used to have the luxury of of doing that. So in numbers, we don't have that luxury anymore. Um, and the the seminary has grown beyond that, of course. And you mentioned Brian. We have we have lay students. Um, but lay students primarily who are studying for pastoral ministry, even if their eventual goal is to receive some kind of yeah. a master's or doctorate or, or whatever that might be, a, a, you know, some kind of higher learning goal, presumably they're going to put that into practice yeah. with people who don't have those goals. It's not like they're going to go on to teach. They're going to go in a parish and 
be working with children or be working with adult groups or be in some cases running a parish as as an administrator. Right. So it's a different dichotomy we're dealing with these days. Um, I, I think I think I might say it's a distinct dichotomy. Okay. Um, what I think you illustrated very well is we thought we had the luxury. We we <laughs> yeah, didn't in true. fact have the luxury, and we don't have the luxury now. No matter how many lay people, no matter how deacon, how many deacons become involved with ministry, it actually isn't a luxury, right? You, yes, everyone has different strengths and gifts, um, but let, let's just talk for a minute about well, what what's ministry supposed to do? What's the Christian life supposed to do? Um, Brian and I are going to be giving a short uh, dinner talk for the seminary in the summer on just this topic of. Well, ministry is supposed to help the person who's indwelt by the Holy Spirit to be better integrated into the life of the Trinity. That's what Christian salvation is. Christian salvation is to participate in the divine nature, which Revelation teaches us is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Right Now, I don't know about you, but uh, the Trinity is not exactly... A very easy thing to get your head around. Correct. In yeah. fact, in our classes, we <laughs> teach our students that it's a mystery, absolutely considered, which means it's not unintelligible. That's something I have to correct in many students. It's not that it's unintelligible. It's that it's incomprehensible. And there is a difference. And there's a big difference. You can spend your whole life, and you ought to spend your whole life, growing in your understanding of the Trinity but you will not comprehend the Trinity. So there right there at the core of the Christian and ministerial life is a speculative difficulty that is in one sense insurmountable. If we want people to be good ministers of the gospel, we have to have high speculative expectations. Otherwise, they won't know what their mission is. And look, Lumen Gentium is very clear about what a minister's mission is. It's to extend the missions of word and spirit. Trinitarian at the heart and core of what we do. Um, So when we try to prepare the guys um, in priesthood or the men and women in lay ministry, this is at the forefront of what we're trying to help them grasp is that, look, the speculative stakes are very, very high. And they are directly, not peripherally, directly related to the ministerial praxis that the church asks you to do every day. And in the, the sense of collaboration that we, when we were thinking about the title that uh, led us to title the conference the way we did, we, we reflected upon the fact that both of us really believe that when you, you think about and reflect upon what you're doing, you tend to do it a lot better. <laughs> and at, in whatever ministerial role all the various members of the church are serving, those people are actually incarnating the values that the church stands for. And they're making God manifest in the world. But we don't take a lot of time, many of us, because we're so busy and frankly, for a lot of the church's ministers, it's been a while since they were in a college course or a high school theology course or any type of uh, intellectual setting where they're overtly sort of reading books and thinking about the Trinity or something like that. But they are actually incarnating the values that they're called to uh, to as ministers 
by which they bring Christ into the world. And when you think about what that means, you're probably going to do it a lot better. Yeah, any opportunity for reflection is generally always a good thing. It's never a bad thing. I think so, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yes, exactly. Uh, Eric Mabry and Brian Bajek are joining us. Uh, they're from Christ the King Seminary faculty members there who uh, who teach. Uh, and uh, you may remember they were on the program before talking about the pre-theology program, which in many ways some of the concepts we're talking about today we talked about in that last interview because that's your approach to that pre-theology program at Christ the King. We're going to take a break in just a second, but let me just highlight uh, the conference and maybe how people, if they if uh, something piqued their interest, they'd like to join you at Christ the King. Uh, the dates are February 23rd and 24th in uh, 2018. And uh, of course, all the information is available at cks.com. Edu. We'll try to remind you of that a few more times through the program. Just the general um, details of the conference. Uh, sure. So the way the conference will be broken up is we'll have an even distribution of plenary keynote speakers and then sessional conference papers. So you can come and hear longer talks or shorter talks, and we'll be dividing them based on topic as well. And that, that schedule of talks uh, will be available on the CKS website soon. And so you'll be able to peruse through it like a magazine and pick the things that uh, uh, stand out to you, that speak out to you, and you'll be able to come and participate in as many talks as you're able to participate in. We're going to talk specifically about some of those and some of the specifics of the conference in the next part of the program. Take a short break. We'll be right back with you here on Western New York Catholic Weekly. Make your voice heard. There are thousands of Catholic New Yorkers who are working together for justice in our society, promoting the values important to our faith. Join the Catholic Action Network and speak out in support of the poor and vulnerable, the sick and elderly, the unborn, families and children. Sign up online at nyscatholic.org and click on Join the Network. That's nyscatholic.org. For more information, call the Office of Pro-Life Activities of the Diocese of Buffalo at 716-847-2205 and visit the New York State Catholic Conference's Legislative Action Center. Read alerts on important legislative issues and email your state representative. Stay informed and strengthen the Catholic voice in New York. You'll find it all at nyscatholic.org. That's nyscatholic.org. Thanks for joining us this week on Western New York Catholic Weekly. I'm Greg Prince. Joining me here in our Catholic Center studios, Brian Bajek and Eric Mabry from Christ the King Seminary talking about their conference, Collaborative Philosophy, Theology, and Ministry, Expanding a Not Numerous Center, which if uh, you missed the first part of the program, maybe you got up late this morning or uh, you know were, were busy doing something else, tuned in late, um, you can go on uh, uh, our uh, website, wnycatholic.org slash radio, download the podcast and hear the explanation of that. It's a good one. You won't be sorry, I'm telling you. Uh, CKS.edu, you can find out all the information about the conference. Um, You mentioned just just briefly uh, the keynote speakers. I kind of want to talk about that since uh, uh, that's really probably the highlight and the the center of it. You have four, well, technically five if you count you two guys. (laughs) And they know about you, so we won't talk about you. Um, I'll let you highlight some of the other uh, speakers that we have um, who, who will be doing the other three keynotes. Yeah, absolutely. And I would like Brian to talk about the keynotes. Um, but just briefly, you mentioned the pre-theology program before sure, yes, the sure. break. Right. And uh, I just thought, um, in many ways, the pre-theology program and, and uh, Father John Mack and Brian and I's um, 
uh, participation in the development of that program is actually, quite frankly, the genesis for this conference. It's sort of the background for why this conference came to be. Uh, Brian and I try to make it a habit of embodying collaboration in our own uh, lives, and so uh, we try to follow um, a uh, disciplined conference circuit during the year. So we go to things like uh, College Theology Society, Catholic Theological Society of America, Patristic Medieval and Renaissance Conference in Villanova, and then also the American Catholic Philosophical Association. And as we were going to various conferences throughout the year and talking with our friends and colleagues, um, we were, of course, sharing the same things that we shared with you last year about um, the developments in curriculum, both in the pre-theology program, but also now in theology as right. well. And uh, what we encountered uh, with almost without fail was uh, surprise and sometimes even consternation and disbelief. Often confusion. And confusion <laughs> that uh, we were attempting to do these things, God forbid, with seminarians, right? <laughs> How? How could you possibly do this? Um, and uh, as, of course, we're having these conversations uh, over and over again, uh, what Brian and I realized is uh, we were concretely through our interpersonal relationships, changing our friends and colleagues' paradigms for seminary education. And so when Father John Mack approached us in the fall and said, hey, why don't we, why don't we try to do a conference here? Um, this was really the first thing that popped into all three of our heads was, we need to do a conference that highlights the shift and, and the shift in paradigm for seminary education that we're embodying here at Christ the King. Um, yeah, so uh, I guess pivoting over to the specific keynotes, when we were thinking about the people, and I, I should actually say from the get-go that both uh, all of the keynotes and all of the sessional paper speakers were people we handpicked because these people are demonstrative of and their work is uh, demonstrative of everything that we've been talking about so far. People who recognize that regardless of whether or not they happen to be considered slightly right-leaning or slightly left-leaning, they all occupy uh, the language I've been using recently about it as a horizon of hope where they actually see moving forward the future is inherently collaborative. And the, the goals that we ought to have as a, and do have as a global church need to be increasingly collaborative. And in their own ways, in their own projects, all of the speakers incarnate those values. And we started reflecting upon the people who could give keynotes that would really speak to that in profound ways. And the people we came to were Randall Rosenberg, uh, Randy, who's at St. Louis University, uh, Christian Jacobs Vandegeer, who's at Australian Catholic University, and uh, Jared Whalen, who is at the Pont uh, Pontifical Gregorian University in Rome. And those are people who we've, uh, we've known them, each of them, for varying numbers of years. And uh, Randy is, is currently spearheading the, the sort of start of a systematic theology program at St. Louis University, which is a massive undertaking because it's a great, great Jesuit school with a long history, and they're really trying to get something great off the ground there. Uh, Chris Vandegeer has worked actually all over Australia, doing different things with ministry there and uh, sort of 
integrating an intercontinental theological vision. And uh, Jerry has been doing the same thing, working with the Jesuit formators in Rome. He's, uh, he's uh, one of the heads of the theological faculty at the Pontifical Gregorian University, and he's worked in ministry in Africa, in various places in Europe, in the U.S. And we came to relationships with all of these people uh, in an increased capacity recently because Eric and I were both asked uh, a little over a year ago to become involved in a brand new venture called the International Institute for Method and Theology. Uh, Eric and I are both members of the systematic theology section of that, and I'm actually in charge. I'm the organizer of the philosophy component. And when we were starting to put together a conference, it occurred to us the intercontinental, global, and collaborative vision of that institute gives us a pool of people to draw from where all of a sudden we could reach out to speakers from Boston College or Fordham or uh, seminaries all over the U.S., people from the Greg, people from Australia, people from uh, Marquette University, Villanova University, Notre Dame, Fordham. And those are the that's the pool of talent that we're going to be drawing in where all of these people have their own areas of expertise and they work in their own different fields, but they realize that we're all in this together and we're actually all called to be philosophers in our own right, theologians in our own right, and frankly, ministers in our own right, using the, the skill sets that we've been given. You saved me a, a setup question because I was going to ask you, um, you know, where are some of the other yeah. presenters from to get at the real kind of question I, as we run long time that I, I, I want to really kind of highlight here. I've been around the diocese a long time, almost 30 years in a professional capacity, okay? I do not recall a conference like this that is as far-reaching with international participants and um, – Folks from – even though we're in the same field, um, uh, kind of an interdisciplinary approach in the – you know, folks with different backgrounds. As you mentioned, um, folks who might lean one way and folks who might lean an opposite way in terms of their thinking. Um, this in many ways is kind of unprecedented for little old Buffalo, isn't it? Everyone that we've talked to seems to echo exactly what you just said, that this is an unprecedented move. Um, but something that we shared both with the Presbyteral Council and also with the Board of Trustees for the seminary um, is although for you know the better part of a century or more, uh, the model in North America for seminary educa- education has been diocesan-centered and perhaps rightly so, um, that is no longer going to be a viable model going forward in the future. And while many people in the diocese, and and rightly so, have a kind of regional vision for um, where the seminary needs to look, um, another aspect of this conference that we're very passionate about is the model for seminary education going forward in the future will be national and international. If you want to be a seminary in 10 years, you need to have a national and global vision for the mission of your seminary and the reach of your seminary. And so part of this conference is introducing the concrete vision that the seminary has going forward to our friends and our colleagues and introducing our friends and colleagues to the seminary so that we can um, so that there can be a process of mutual enrichment and mutual engagement. Um, so we want this conference to foster within the diocese itself a sense that yes, just like we say you 
Little Nazareth, yes, you, Buffalo, um, have an opportunity to embody the church's vision for priestly formation in the future in a way that can speak to the world. Um, yeah, te- technology and, and culture really um, in the age that we're living in can accommodate this kind of approach in a way that, that we probably never have been able to uh, before. And I know, Brian, one of your goals um, uh, uh, kind of that uh, um, maybe is somewhat unspoken in the in the press and promotional materials is just kind of having all these bodies in one place, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, I like you use the the phrase "little old buffalo," <laughs> and uh, I think because of the new sort of technological advances that we've had, and because frankly the fact that we live in an increasingly global world, the rest of the world can actually see, hey, the stuff that's going on in little old buffalo is not so little, <laughs> and uh, buffalo can recognize, oh. We're actually a part of the diocese is part of this global community that is a church and because the church is – it's a Catholic church is universal. It's the world church and I think that bringing all of these people together, getting everybody in the same room and frankly just spurring conversation because there are going to be social events uh, in the breaks between sessions. People are going to have conversations where – Eric and I and our, our we met actually at academic conferences. That's how Eric and I became right, friends. Right, exactly. uh, this this is how things happen that that are unexpected, and the spirit sort of sparks interesting and and frankly mysterious new ventures that that are really exactly. exciting. And that highlights another feature of the conference, where oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes with an academic conference, there's kind of because of the emphasis on. Uh, specialization, there's a kind of inward focus within academic conferences. And we actually want to reverse that optic in this conference. We want there to be specialized conversations that are invitatory, right? We want to bring people into the conversations and allow the conversations to percolate throughout the diocese. So we're very hopeful that the diaconal community will participate, the presbyteral community will participate, that the directors of religious education, that the high school Catholic principals, that the presidents of the Catholic universities and the department chairs of philosophy and theology and, heck, sociology, you name it. Like, we we want this to be um, an enterprise that the whole Catholic community within Buffalo can claim as their own. This is not just Brian and I's thing. It's not just a seminary's thing. We're hosts. We're hosts to a house, right? And we want people to come. We want to people to come and to celebrate the ownership that they have shared in trust for the renewal of the church. This is something that every diocese is supposed to be committed to. We're just simply providing an opportunity for people to um, embody it in a, in a sort of unique moment of um, of, of brilliance and outreach. Um, but we want the diocese to see this as something that belongs to them because it's something that was born here. And it's something that can grow and continue and be nurtured. But it will only do so if we do it as friends and collaborators. I'm, I'm hearing the voice of your esteemed leader, President Rector, Father Joe Gatto at Christ <laughs> the King Seminary, who when he sits in those chairs, and I say this every time he's here and when we talk about the seminary, you know, come out and see what we're doing. Just come out, join us, spend some time. And he means it. 
I mean, come on out. That's an open invitation. And I know a lot of times you get an open invitation. People are like, yeah, okay. No, no, he means it. Come on out and see. And this is a good opportunity. I'm going to stop you there. Um, You can go to cks.edu and we will – they will have all the information about uh, the 2018 Conference for Collaborative Philosophy, Theology and Ministry, Expanding a Not Numerous Center. It's taking place February 23rd through the 24th and uh, by all means, go on and uh, uh, look at that info and uh, uh, accept that invitation to uh, go out to Christ the King Seminary and be a part of this. Um, in the spirit of uh, our discussion on uh, reflection and the importance of that, what I'd like to do maybe is in another couple of months as we get uh, uh, later into the semester for you guys, maybe even at the end of the uh, at the end of the school year, is follow up on this and talk about, okay, so what happened and what are we seeing moving forward? You know, the the media cycle these days, of course, is um, we talk about something, we promote it, and then we forget about it, right? So let's not forget about this. And folks who listen to this program realize there's kind of an annual cycle just like our liturgical year of the church. You know we're going to talk about the uh, dinner lecture series at Christ the King anyway. And since you gentlemen are presenters, that'll give us an excellent opportunity to do that as well. So uh, I'll I'll get ahead of the game for uh, uh, Father Joe Gatto and Susan Lankis so they don't have to call me in April or May. Um, (laughs) Eric Mabry and Brian Bajic, our guests today. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, we're looking forward to coming back. Very good. <laughs> we would like to have you back. So uh, let's plan on doing that. Uh, we want you to plan on, uh, as I mentioned earlier, if uh, maybe you missed part of the program or you want to hear some of our other programs, you can go to our radio page, either at buffalodiocese.org. We link to the seminary there as well, but uh, you can look under news and media or just go to our namesake, wnycatholic.org, and look for the radio page. I'm Greg Prince. I'll be back with you next week. You've been listening to Western New York Catholic Week. Produced by the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo with the help of the Catholic Communication Campaign and this radio station. Call us at 847-8744 or send us an email to radio at buffalodiocese.org. 